BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to the Great America Show. Thanks for being with us for this special episode. Our guest is the 45th president of the United States, President Donald J. Trump. President Trump is, in my opinion, the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. No president accomplished as much as Donald Trump in four years and did so despite the opposition of the radicalized Democrat Party, the liberal rhino wing of his own party, and of course, the deep state that aligned itself with the Democrats and corporatist media. His political opponent, Hillary Clinton, ordered her campaign in league with elements of the Obama administration to carry out a conspiracy to smear Trump the candidate and as president. The trial of her 2016 presidential campaign attorney, Michael Sussman, is now underway in the nation's capital, and it's already revealed the political forces arrayed against President Trump and his administration. It was clearly an attempted coup, a conspiracy to overthrow his presidency. We now know that his own attorney general, William Barr, played a role in denying Americans a fair election in 2020, a critical role. Attorney General Barr had the opportunity and the duty, in my opinion, to call out the Democrat presidential candidate, Joe Biden, when Biden lied to the American people in the final presidential debate of 2020. Barr knew he was lying, and he chose to remain silent. The attorney general said he didn't want to intervene in the election, but he did just that, because by saying nothing about Biden's lies, Barr effectively intervened in favor of Biden. Otherwise, we would now be in the second term of President Donald Trump. History was changed. Trump and the nation were cheated. And now millions of Americans are suffering the consequences. Runaway inflation, markets in turmoil, shortages of food, baby formula, and sky-high prices for gasoline and diesel have many Americans reeling. Almost 80% of Americans now say the country is headed in the wrong direction, and there's a mounting drumbeat in the Republican Party and MAGA, including American First Conservatives and Independents for President Trump, to run again in 2024. Will he or won't he? Mr. President, thank you for joining us here on The Great America Show. It is, uh, it is just absolutely delightful to talk with you. Well, me too, and I appreciate it, Lou, and you're the greatest. You really, uh, I miss you on television. I miss you a lot. And I've, I hear your podcast is hot as a pistol and I'm not surprised. Well, that's very kind of you. And I appreciate it. I, I want to start out if I may with this, uh, this election, your record of wins of those you've endorsed. I mean, that's an astounding record. And then I hear people criticizing because they think you might lose here. You might lose there. Your thoughts. Well, it's pretty incredible. I mean, we had tremendous wins in Ohio and Pennsylvania. I think he's going to pull it out. But I also endorsed, as you know, the governor, Mastriano, and uh, they don't like to talk about that. And they don't like to talk about the victories. And, you know, where they see a possible 
uh, sore spot because I don't just endorse people that are up front. That'd be easy. I, I'd love to do that. I endorse people that are in fifth place in some cases, and in some cases, as you know, they won. But we've had tremendous. Uh, one of them is Ted Budd. He's fantastic. But people didn't know him in North Carolina, so he was polling at four or five percent. And I endorsed him, and he went up, and he won by a landslide just uh, two weeks ago for the Senate. So, you know, we've had a, a tremendous run. And, yeah, the papers, uh, the media, I call it the fake news, it doesn't give us uh, – I don't mind taking hits if I deserve it, but they don't give us the credit that we're due. And I say we because it's a lot of people. It's, you know, make America great again, MAGA. It's America first. But More you know that. I'm not allowed to have a loss, Lou, right? So if I have one loss, <laughs> yeah. they'll say he's lost. He's He could be 87-3 and three and you'll have a loss. You know, in Texas, I was 33 and nothing, 33 and nothing. And the, what they do is they probably don't cover it for the most part. I don't you've never heard 33 and oh, but and we have a big race of the attorney general. We have a couple of other races right. where uh, the endorsement was great. They took a big leap, but they had a runoff. And now I think they're going to all win their races. There's like four of them. But 33 and oh in Texas. And I'm not sure I read one story about it. I can tell you, if I was uh, thirty-two and one, I would be uh, excoriated for yep. having lost one. You know? Well, it, but that's you know, the way it is. It is the way it is, and when you call it the fake news, as you've been calling it from almost yeah. the inception, you're still right. Uh, this is a remarkable corporatist media. Uh, it, it's crazy what uh, we're seeing in this in this media. Uh, I heard one. And yet it's hard to believe that those, yeah, it's hard to believe those people, though, are radical left. I mean, I mean, I know so many of the people in the corporate world, and they're not radical left. If anything, they're right of Attila the Hun. And I don't get it because, you know, I think they're just liberal. I I don't even think it comes, I think they scare them into being liberal, if you want to know the truth, because I I know these people. I think you're exactly right. And uh, and when that, uh, when you're talking about, scaring the dickens out of or intimidating ceos in corporate america go to blm and get your latest uh you know uh alert from the the marxist uh, left uh, uh, that runs blm and they're part of the marxist democrat party uh, i want to turn if i may to to the issue of this economy and this administration this biden economy we've just gone through a period of 14 days, 11 record highs, and the national media isn't even covering it. Gas prices at an all-time high and rising. Diesel, over $6 around the country, a gallon. And this administration puts out one buffoon after the other who doesn't know what he or she is talking about when it comes to either the economy or how to operate an automobile. It's it's remarkable that this administration gets a pass from this corporatist uh, media, uh, but otherwise they wouldn't be in the White House, would they? Well, it's an amazing thing because uh, oil prices now, as you know, are at the highest in the history of the world. Okay, we have the highest by far. You know, I had a dollar eighty-seven a gallon. Right. Think of that, and now we're at six, seven, eight, nine. Not just California either. You know, usually it's like in California, but not everywhere else. It's it's tremendously high, five and six and seven dollars, and it's going much higher. And they think of it two weeks ago or last week, they canceled two big oil leases. Uh, they don't want the oil, and that they're going to they're going to Venezuela and trying to negotiate deals in Venezuela. Well, we have 
more than any other nation under our feet. We were energy independent two years ago. We were energy independent. We had inexpensive energy. We had a dollar eighty-seven. Think of it. It even went lower than that at some point. I had to get it up because the oil companies were going to go out of business. It was too low, and we were we were pumping energy like nobody's ever seen before. We were bigger than Russia, bigger than Saudi Arabia, and we would have been bigger than both combined within a short period of time. And now he stopped that. It's not even believable. And do you see what's going on? Another thing. Uh, you would have never had Ukraine and Russia. That would have never happened. It would have never happened. It was not something that was even a possibility. And I spoke to Putin about it. Uh, I had plenty of conversations with him. Would he have liked it? Yes, it was never going to happen. And to see all the people dying and all that death and destruction is horrible. It is horrible. And when you when you see the, the Senate, 11, uh, 11 Republicans, that's all who refused to vote uh, for the yeah. $50 billion aid package on top of the uh, at least 10 to $12 billion more that we've given in aid already. Uh, what, yeah. what is your reaction as you see that kind of support for a, what is arguably one of the, has been one of the most uh, corrupt uh, governments and countries uh, in the world? Well, they gave 40 and they picked up another 14 or 15 previous. So it's like 55 billion, which is a tremendous, that's as big as Russia's entire military budget was the year before this thing got started. And it's, it's a tremendous amount. I I will say this, uh, Europe gives a tiny fraction of that. Europe, you would agree is affected far more than we are. And Europe, if you look at what they give, it's a fraction, a small fraction of that. And on top of that, Europe kills the United States on trade. You know, they don't take our cars. They don't want our agriculture. They don't want anything. And Europe is almost as bad as China on trade. So they get us on trade. And then we go in and, you know, NATO, I don't have to tell you, I was the one that got them to pay. I said, you have to pay or we're not going to pay. We were funding NATO, the whole thing. But think of it. They treat us badly on trade, very badly. And I was straightening it out and doing really well on it, too. And then... You know, then we had the rigged election, and so that ended. But we were doing great on that. We were doing great with China. We were doing great with everybody. But, uh, you know, it seems so unfair that we agree to pay $55 billion, and then they pay – when I say a fraction of that, I mean a small fraction of that. And they should be told, we're not going to do anything until you do it. And they'll do it. But somebody has to tell them to do it. There has to be a leader, doesn't there? There has to be a leader. That's true. 102,000 of our troops are in Europe right now. The highest number Mm -hmm. since 2005, going to your point on NATO. Uh, Mm -hmm. The support is obviously to come from the United States. Uh, The rest Mm -hmm. of NATO isn't uh, boosted that high. He's uh, President Biden has uh, raised that number by 30% in just the last year. And yeah. he is talking about considering putting U.S. troops into Kiev to protect the U.S. embassy. Your your yeah. reaction? Uh, ridiculous. And to have that number of troops over there, that's an army. And to, you know, that's like an economic development project. So in Germany, as an example, you know this, you saw this happen. 
I was at that we were at five. I guess we were at fifty-two thousand troops, maybe fifty-four thousand at the max. But we were fifty-two thousand troops, and I took out twenty-five thousand. And part of the reason because Germany treats us terribly, terribly on trade, just absolutely. Plus, they weren't paid up in NATO. They were at one percent. They're supposed to be at two percent, and even two percent is too low. So I took out twenty-five thousand troops, and I understand they put them back. And this is like a city, you know, 25,000 people, that's troops. That's now you add the wives, the children, you add other things. You add a lot of different things to that in many cases. But you're talking about a city of people. It's an economic development project, just what they pay. So we pay them a lot. And then they go in and Germany was very much opposed to that. But I said, you got to pay your NATO bill. You're not paid up. You're at 1%. You're supposed to be at 2%, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to put that many people in, and now we're at, I think, the highest level for for many years. Another example is South Korea. I got them to pay billions of dollars because we're defending them, as you know, against a very tough guy. And I got them to pay billions and billions of dollars. And the deal was, after the election, I was going back, they were going to pay a lot more because we have 32,000 soldiers over there. And you have Kim Jong-un across the line, right? And, you know, it's serious stuff, and he's got serious weaponry, and he does have nukes, etc. And I said, well, what are, you, what are they paying? This is a rich nation, by the way, South Korea, very rich. They took our right. television business, our boating business, meaning, you know, make the big ships. You know, they took a lot of business from us. But they're a very rich nation. And I got them to pay billions of dollars. I said, you got to pay up. And they weren't happy about it. They went down kicking and screaming. Now, the Biden administration basically just gave them a long-term free pass of, on uh, almost free pass, relatively free pass, on paying for uh, protection. It's really for military protection. No wonder they became rich. They don't have to worry about the military. But it was terrible, and I, I, they just gave them a long-term free pass. And all they had to do was ask. I was all set to sign a tremendous deal. They were going to pay, in my opinion, $5 billion a year. But I got a lot. I got, you added up over the years, I got billions of dollars from them. They weren't happy about it, but they paid. But there was never anybody that asked. It's for like 82 years we've given them a free pass. And I got them to pay significant money, but there was nobody to follow up. You were the only world leader calling for balanced mm-hmm. payments throughout the global trade system, which is what every leader should have been calling right. for. Every economist, yeah. every single finance minister and, and, and uh, treasury secretary in, in the world and, and every central bank. And yet you were met with resistance again on that, uh, uh, on an unbelievable dimension, all of Wall Street, corporate America coming after you. Uh, having to fight as well the free traders uh, who were pitching uh, this country's wealth uh, out the door by the trillions over the course right. of the last 50 years. It's just outrageous to see now the president. Like Senator Pat Toomey. Exactly. Pat Toomey was a disaster. Yeah. You know, this guy, uh, the senator, he wouldn't run because I wouldn't endorse him. Uh, he wanted to, from Pennsylvania, he wanted to run. I wouldn't endorse him. He fought me every inch of the way on the tariffs. And I said, so let me ask you a question. If China charges us 100% tariff and we charge them nothing, do you think that's fair? Yes. Why? 
because it's free trade. I said, why is it free? Because that's the way it's been. Oh, really? Yeah. So if China charges 100, why can't I charge them 50 or 75 or 100 or more than 100? Right. He said, can't do that. That's not free trade. I went through these arguments and I used to say, I can't believe it. But I did say, if they charge us 150% tariff, can we charge them 25%? No, that's not free trade. And I'm saying there's something wrong here. And we have guys like that. And they're there to protect China. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And China, meanwhile, is helping itself. And other places. Helping itself to our uh, intellectual uh, property, our technology, something like $600 billion a year. The theft goes on, and so does the insane uh, trade relationship that we have. Uh, Talking about trillion-dollar now deficits. By the way, Lou, we did great with China, you know. Oh, you did? I put... 25% 25% tariffs on their steel and 50%. And we saved the steel. The steel industry was dead. It was going to close. We wouldn't have had a steel plant in the whole country. And I put, I have steel people come up to me and they hug me when they see me. They said, you saved our business. The washing machine industry, believe it or not, they would dump washing machines. I put a tax, I think it was 25% or maybe more, but I put a tax on washing machines that are being dumped in our country. By believe it in South Korea. But they were dumping. Uh, the people from Whirlpool came to see me from Ohio. I said, can't do that. I dumped, that's a thriving company right now because of it. You know, I saved it. I saved a lot of companies. And, you know, tariffs, if properly used, are phenomenal. But basically, if you didn't use them, all these countries would just be, they were eating us alive. We, we had things going, and we made a great deal with China. It helped our farmers, took in... Billions and billions of dollars. I gave $28 billion to the farmers over a two-year period because they were screwed by China on agriculture. And it was the number was $28 billion. So I took $28 billion out, and we distributed to all the farmers in the country, most of them, uh, in the country, because that's what happened to them. And no, they couldn't even believe it. They didn't even want it, though. You know, the farmers are great. They just wanted a, a level playing field. But they were taken advantage of by China. And out of the many, many billions of dollars, I gave $28 billion to the farmers because they were taken advantage of. They were really hurt by China. Yes. Nobody knows these stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know a few of them. Uh, I, got, I had the pleasure of reporting on you them do. because you, because you, you know were the more only than any president. You were the only president uh, in the last half century to pay attention to trade balances and to insist yep. that national security uh, be recognized as sitting foundationally on the strength of the economy. Uh, and, and that made a huge difference for the country. And, and now it, it's gone a wasting, I'm afraid. Uh, and it's we had to- a, cha- we had a balance. Yeah. We had an, Im- I call it an imbalance, not a trade, but I call it an imbalance, mm-hmm. but we had a trade imbalance with China of 600 billion, not million, 600 millions, a lot, right? $600 billion a year a trade imbalance. And in other words, they would make, cause I, I call it make, they would make 600 billion. You know, a lot of people say, Oh, it's not really a cost. Those people are wise guys or not very smart. Uh, we would have a trade imbalance with China of $600 billion a year. Incredible. But I took in billions of dollars. Not one president ever took in one dime from China, never a dime. Right. Well, I want to, I, I want to turn to billions. president Xi Uh, and President Putin. Both men are rumored, you know them both well, both men are rumored to be seriously ill. 
uh, fighting serious illness. I, I don't know whether that's true or if it's disinformation, but what are your thoughts about that prospect uh, and um, what they are doing right now as strategic allies? They were not yet strategic partners. They, they work together, but now they are uh, a, a solid uh, strategic alliance between Russia and China. So one of the things I learned very early in life is you never want to force Russia and China into a partnership. And Obama did that. Actually, Obama did it with Biden. You know, I don't think Biden had anything to do with it. I think actually it just well, happened. OK, but but let's say Obama did it. He forced them in and it was because of the oil, but they forced them into an alliance, a partnership. They're not natural partners, but now they are partners. And uh, that was a terrible thing. But if you look at uh Putin, so important. It would have never happened, Ukraine and Russia, if we had the Trump administration. It was not anything. And it didn't happen. And remember, I'm the only one where there wasn't a problem with Russia, despite the Russian hoax, which made it harder. Now the Russian hoax has been exposed to something that was set up by the Democrats and crooked Hillary. I mean, think of it. It's totally exposed. Now they all admit it. Now they're all pointing fingers at each other. So we went through two and a half, three years of horror show, which was actually very dangerous for our country. And despite that, but you take a look at it's an incredible thing what's happening and coming out of these Durham trials. It's very interesting when you see it. Too bad uh, they didn't do it a lot sooner, to be honest, because that affected the election. But we didn't need it. We got 75 million votes. That's far more than we needed. You know, nobody ever got 75. No president ever got 75 million votes. Yeah, the whole thing, that. We have a third world nation on elections. But Putin would have never done this. And if you think about it, Bush lost Georgia. Obama lost Crimea. Obama lost everything because, you know, frankly, the whole thing is going to be eventually right. taken by Russia. How much? I mean, they pounded every city to the ground. OK, at what point do they say, well, what we do, what are we doing here? Every city has been pounded to the ground and destroyed, meaning everyone that they've been doing. And they're not coming out good, Russia. They're coming out very bad. But Putin would have actually been helped because he would have never done this. But Obama lost the whole thing. But if you look at it, uh, during my term, Russia got nothing. When you say they lost their pipeline. When you say he would never have done it, why do you say that? Yeah, because I talked to him about it and uh, numerous times. I, I knew him very well. Maybe not as well as I know you, but I knew him very well. I knew him very well. Uh, got along with him. I think he's a different guy today. He really seems to be different, even visually different. Uh, and I don't know what that is, but I knew him very well. I got along with him and he understood me and I understood him. And uh, he knows that he could not have done that. And they didn't do it, Lou. For four years, there was no talk that he was going to go in and attack. In fact, when I saw that he was putting soldiers after the election being rigged, and I was watching from a distance all of a sudden, when I saw that, I thought he was negotiating, putting 200,000 troops on the border. Mm -hmm. I said, well, that's a good way to negotiate. I thought he was negotiating. And uh turned out that he wasn't. And in many ways, that could have been settled very easily. They would have taken certain things that they already had, like Crimea. You know, you could have made a deal and you would have had a country. Now, 
all of that destruction of these beautiful buildings. Some of these buildings were so magnificent. But more importantly, the death, the tremendous death that's been caused there. It's incomprehensible. It's, uh, it really it's is. So, it's not even comprehensible. Now, it would have never happened. And he understood why. I don't want to go into it. I can't go into it probably very easily. But he would. He understood that there was a big penalty to pay if he did do that. And he would, he would never have done it. Now, that doesn't mean he wouldn't have waited till the next president, which I guess in this case is what he did. He waited. Uh, but... Uh, but even then, he, they could have made a deal. They should have made a deal. This should not. Because now everybody loses. No matter what happens, everybody's lost. You've lost all those people. And, and how do you rebuild Ukraine? Every city is like a pancake. Well, Zelensky at, at the World Economic Forum was saying that the Western nations need to provide him $5 billion uh, a month uh, to, uh, to rebuild. And put it squarely on, of course, uh, the uh, the European nations, with the World Economic Forum, i.e., the United yeah. States. Uh, this is, and I, you know, my heart goes out to those people. Uh, but this yeah. is an extraordinary True. administration because they, at the same time, knew Biden knew that there were red lines for Vladimir Putin, and still, through the first year of his presidency, was pushing for NATO to bring in Ukraine and yeah. no one talks about it, but there is great yeah. responsibility on the part of this administration. Uh, there, the state department, uh, the, the, the white house, it's, it's, it's incalculable the damage they did. Uh, and I realize he may have done it anyway, but the fact is they were pursuing policies that were just wrong headed. Well, and even a statement yesterday when he blurted out with respect to China, you can be just as tough or tougher than that without having to put everybody in a very bad position. It's very dangerous. This country has never been in a position like it is. We're not respected anymore. They don't take even phone calls from the leader. And it's never been in such danger as it is right now. You know, I was saying to a group the other day, Nuclear was not a word we ever had to discuss. You know, I rebuilt our nuclear power. I rebuilt our whole military. We have tremendous nuclear power. But if it's ever used, it's going to be the most devastating day in history by a factor of thousands. And I never thought I'd hear the day where major countries like this are throwing out the word so cavalierly, like Russia. Every time he talks now, he talks about how he's a great nuclear power, right? Mm -hmm. And he is. He's got, you know, 1,700 nuclear weapons, and we have a similar amount. The de destructive, and China has a lot, not nearly as many, but they will within five years. They'll have as many. And uh, to be throwing around this word, is, it's just something you don't do. And I've, we've never been in a position like this. I mean, there is a good chance that something really bad could happen. And that was just something that even when I was negotiating with Kim Jong-un, because, you know, supposedly we were ready to go to war. If you listen to Obama, right. uh, we're going to go to war with them. And they, they have plenty of nukes. But I never considered that to be the same kind of danger. This is a danger that we've never been in. And, you know, you look at the inflation and you look at the border and you look at the way we pulled out of Afghanistan. I believe that the pull out of Afghanistan was the lowest point in the history of our country, even though the press hardly covers it at all. Yeah, it, it was the lowest so. point. And I... I believe when Putin saw that, he said, these people are incompetent. This is my time to go. It, the weakness has never been much of a deterrent, has it? No, it's never been a good deterrent. Uh, as, as we 
as we look at this, uh, this moment in, in history, uh, a food shortage, a formula shortage, a gasoline shortage, when you were facing shortages and disruptions, whether it be the, uh, the, the epidemic uh, and uh, all that you had to do to uh, restore some form of normality, you went to the private sector, used the Defense Production right. Act. This, facing these shortages and this crisis, and it is a crisis by any definition, this president has chosen uh, to go to, as you said earlier, to Venezuela, uh, turning to get uh, formula from Germany, uh, everywhere but being self-reliant and creating independence rather than looking for the handouts that this uh, this government has now re returned to as a way of uh, governing. Uh, your thoughts? Well, how about yesterday? I thought it was pretty sad when we have these massive military planes flying in baby formula milk but baby formula into the United States to t so we can feed our children. This isn't supposed to happen to the United States. And that took place. No, it's, uh, it's a terrible time for our country. You know, it's interesting. When we needed ventilators, within three months I had them built. We were the king of ventilators. We were, uh, I, was, I was giving them and selling them to other countries uh, when they needed the ventilator. That's, it's a very complicated, more, more so than a car. You know, they're very complicated machines actually and we opened that up we got that done the gowns the this the that the goggles the masks we did a great job you know we did a great job in covid and we never got the credit we got therapeutically what we did uh the vaccines in nine months instead of seven years 12 years they said it was going to take got it done in nine months saved tens of millions of people worldwide you know, you look at what we did, but therapeutically with the Regeneron and all of the different things, right. never got the credit we deserved. Operation Warp Speed was a tremendous success. And people admit that. Even the other side admits that. But it was beyond. I mean, some people say there's never been anything built. There's never been anything like Operation Warp Speed. And, you know, it's an incredible thing because actually uh, more people died during this administration. I mean, look at the last year versus the year before. More people died under Biden. He was going to come out and do the great job. But the the fact is he did a very poor job under H1N1. And, uh, you know, that took place. Uh, he called it N1H1. It's actually H1N1. And H comes before. That's the way you do it, right? H comes before N, so it's not hard to remember. But uh, that was a, a flu that we had during their administration, and it was much lesser than what this was, obviously. But it was, you know, severe, and they did a very poor job. But he was going to do this great job, but more people died than they did the previous year, which was sort of incredible. And they had the advantage of understanding the disease, knowing the disease. You know, when we got hit with it, nobody knew what was what was going on. What is this? No, it wasn't. Uh, this dust. What is this dust that came in from China? Yeah. And China did some disservice to us and to the world. I'll tell you, when this, when this happened, uh, what China did to the world, a lot of people think it was purposely, I don't. But when they, I think it was gross incompetence. But nevertheless, I'll tell you what wasn't incompetent, though. They did rule it out for China until recently. Now they're having pretty big problems. But they yeah, did keep it problems. in Wuhan. They did keep it in that area, right? Well, in Shanghai, now they do have they, big problems with yes, 25 million people, 400 million people throughout uh, eastern uh, China. 
uh, still remain in lockdown uh, and their economy is torn up as a result. I, I want to turn, Absolutely. if I may, to the Sussman trial, because as you're talking about what was now obvious to many people, uh, you knew it, uh, a number of Americans did. But this relationship between the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy, the Marxist Dem Party, uh, and and corporate media in particular, but U.S. corporations and Wall Street. Give us your sense as you watch this unfold, what Hillary Clinton now is known uh, based on the testimony of her own campaign manager to have done in 2016 in uh, attacking you with a disinformation campaign Mm -hmm. and using it as a foundation to uh, investigate you your administration, and then lead to a special counsel. So even now, it came out yesterday at this trial that she put out a tweet that Trump is tied up with a Russian bank. You saw that one, right? Right. That was right before the election, that Trump is totally controlled and tied up, a vicious tweet by a Russian bank. That was just before the election of 2016. And think of that. And they made up the story. Think about what Schiff said. Schiff got up and said, Donald Trump Jr. will be in prison for what he's done with Russia. And they knew it was a con. Who would say that somebody's going to prison and they knew it was a con? And the one thing that has really come out here is these people sat around a table and they made it up. And I remember watching Robbie Mook, who I don't know at all. He was being interviewed by a certain person. I won't mention his name. And they talked about Russia. And it was before the election. And he reminded me of John Lovitz. Remember the liar on Saturday Night Live, John Lovitz? He'd go like, yeah, yeah, I'm a great businessman. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I went to Harvard. That's right. Okay, so this was Robbie Mook. And it was like they asked him about Russia. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think Russia, Russia. That was the first time I ever heard it. It was almost like, yeah, that's a good idea. And it was unbelievable for three years. And not only that caused great danger to the country, yeah. it was a total con job, and it was, she was totally aware of it. That was her lawyer, Sussman, but she was totally aware of it. She was the one that approved it. And so this was a total con job, and this went to the highest levels of, of every agency. Every, they knew it. How about the 51 intelligence officers that wrote a letter saying okay. that the laptop was, disinf- was, was made up by Russia? Okay. I was just going you to know, get to that, well, Mr. President. Incredible. I mean, incredible. In the, you know, we're probably going to be suing all of them now. You know, we're very active now in the lawsuit business because well, we have no choice because we had a an attorney general named Bill Barr who just was so afraid of being impeached that he didn't want to do. How do you not get impeached? All you have to do is say, oh, no, I didn't see anything wrong with the election. And the Democrats say, well, you got to be kidding. Let's leave this guy where he is. But Bill Barr was uh, so afraid of contempt and so afraid of being impeached that he didn't do what he was supposed to be doing as the attorney general. You know, you had said that to look at what. Yeah, go ahead. You had said that for some time. And now with it all laid out in front, Bill Barr writes a book. He talks to various people. And what emerges is your attorney general acknowledged, admitted that in the second and final debate of 2020, he knew that the former vice president of the United States was standing there as a candidate for the presidency, 
lying through his teeth about the laptop, about Hunter Biden, and uh, and uh, trying to, uh, I, I guess, excuse himself. He said he just didn't want to intervene in the election. He knew yeah. that it was a cesspool, that the Biden family was corrupt, that Hunter Biden's laptop was proof of it all. And he allowed yeah. he allowed Biden on that stage with you to hold up that phony defense of 51 intelligence veterans and five former CIA heads saying it's Russian disinformation to the best of their judgment. Outrageous. How did did that make you feel? It was was a sad, sad, a sad thing. And then he writes a book and he he used to tell me, I'd never write a book, sir. I would never, ever write a book. Uh, He told me that five times. And then he writes a book. And he was a bushy rhino and uh, didn't do his duty. Didn't no. do his duty, not properly. And he should have done on the, on the remember McSwain, who who I had to intervene because he was getting close to winning in uh, Pennsylvania, as you know, for governor right. on the basis that he was, uh, you know, he was working for Trump as a U.S. attorney in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. And he was uh, running for governor. And I intervened. I said, no, he did a terrible job. He was not allowed by bar, according to him, not me. You know, I didn't like him, but he said he called up and he said, sir, it wasn't me. It was Bill Barr. Wouldn't let me do it. Uh, But that didn't make me endorse him any better. okay? because he should have done what he should have done. But all of that corruption and everything else, Barr let pass because he didn't want to be impeached. And you were right, as usual. The election was rigged and the non-intervention of your attorney general changed American history. No fair-minded person can argue with that. There can be a disputes about drop boxes and all of the other, the electronic voting, although I still yeah. think Mike Landell is right. We should have paper ballots everywhere. There should be no uh, should drop be paper boxes. ballots, one-day elections. Yep, one-day election, all paper ballots, other than military that's away, or if somebody can really prove they're very ill. Uh, Mr. President, like we just France. Res- you know, France two weeks ago had it, and they had a paper ballot. They had one-day election. They had no problem. So does Mexico. Done. Mexico has a, a, so an incredibly uh, great system. Right. We've just, we have just received word here that uh, that apparently DeSantis uh, is reportedly uh, going to jump into the race uh, and be drafted uh, before you can make a decision. Uh, that apparently is the purpose of it, uh, can make a decision to run. What, what is your reaction? I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard anything. You mean he's not going to run for governor? Well, I'm just telling you what uh, is being reported by the Daily Mail. Uh, it says Ronald Reagan's campaign chair, uh, Ed Rollins, uh, will draft Ron DeSantis to jump into the 2024 presidential race before Trump does. Um, the Ready for Ron pack is led by Ed Rollins, Reagan's campaign manager, 1984. That draft committee is unaffiliated with DeSantis, it says, and we know how that works. But those uh, that that is the if uh, if I may say the the powerful rumor of the hour. I'd be surprised. You know, uh, Ron was at three. He came to see me. He wanted to have an endorsement. Uh, he was, you know, zero chance of winning. I said, well, let's give it a shot. And I gave him a strong endorsement and he went from 
three percent to the election was over. He got the nomination. And then uh, we had to get him past the young superstar of the party who turned out not to be such a superstar, as you know. It was Stacey Abrams and him. Right. And uh, won that election. I gave him three major rallies, three or four. Uh, I would I would tend to doubt that it's right. You know, it's uh, uh, but you don't know. I mean, maybe he won't run in Florida again, but uh, I tend to doubt that it's uh, correct. And how about your plans, Mr. President, as we as we wrap up here? Uh, give us a sense of your thinking about running uh, when you might yeah. make a decision. Well, as you know, the campaign finance laws really preclude me from uh, saying certain things. So we're not allowed to do that. But, you know, as I've been saying, I think people are going to be very happy with my decision. Uh, I see what's happened to our country. It's gone to hell. We've never had a country that has been so disrespected and been so low. It, and it started with the borders, but it also started with the way we got out, not getting out. I had it down to 2000 soldiers, but we we're going to keep Bagram, which now China has, right. if you can believe it, because it was only an hour away from where they make their nuclear weapons. But uh, we've never had a, anything like this with the inflation, which is at an all time high. The stock market is one of the worst it's ever been. You know, if you look at the last number of months of stock markets, one of the worst in history, people see it and it doesn't look like anything's getting better. And we had it. We had the greatest economy in the world. And I did it twice because I had to go through COVID. And by the time I gave it, we were back. We were doing great. But we built the greatest economy in history. We were beating China at every single front, rebuilt the military, started Space Force, even right to try where you're allowed to get medicines if you're terminally ill. That was a great instead idea. Of having to go to yeah. Asia, Europe, or anything else, or die. Just go home and die if you don't have the money. And I got even right to try. They've been trying to get that passed for 52 years. The way we took care of the military and the vets, nobody's ever done that. Got them choice. You know, it's, uh, we, did, we did a great job. And then uh, the election was rigged. We, I got 75 million votes. I got more votes than any sitting president has ever gotten by far. And much more than I got the first time. You know, did much better than I did the first time because we, we did so well. And... Uh, you know, you have mail-in ballots, and mail-in ballots are – even Jimmy Carter was on a commission where they said mail-in ballots will – absolutely, it's a dishonest deal. And that's what happened. They used COVID to cheat, and it's a it's a disgrace for our country. And look what's happened to our country. Yeah. I, it, I, you know, I'm going to ask you in just a moment as we conclude uh, to give us your thoughts that will inspire a country that is desperate for – inspiration uh, from a strong leader. Uh, I do want to ask you about Pence uh, and Pompeo, who have uh, have stood up, I guess, and, and uh, at least uh, tried to counter you at some point. Uh, your feeling about that and how that will influence you going forward? Well, I haven't heard about Pompeo. In fact, the, what, the only thing I heard is that he'd never run if I ran. That was, he said that a long time ago. So I haven't heard about that. That's uh, wisdom. And and with Mike Pence, uh, haven't heard that at all. Other than you know, over the last couple of days, I see they're getting uh, a little bit frisky. Perhaps he did. He he could have done something that I think would have been a very good thing, and he would have been allowed to do it. You know, it's very interesting. They say he had to be a human conveyor belt, even if there was fraud. No matter what, he was just a conveyor belt. He had to bring it up to the old crow, Mitch McConnell. 
and he had no choice, no matter what, if it was crooked or not. And they all said he had no choice. You remember that. He had yeah. absolutely, there was nothing he could do. Then three months later, the Republicans and the rhinos and the Democrats are getting together to put in new legislation so that the vice president can't do it. Well, I said, if he can't do it, why are they doing legislation? So that yeah. means he can do it. Well, they said, oh, well, actually, he could have done it. But see, they said he can't do it, even if there was fraud. And all we asked him to do was send it back to the legislatures to check Detroit, to check Philadelphia, to check these places. And I think you would have had a different outcome because by that time, a lot of things were found. Now we've really found, you know, they, they worked yeah. four years on this. And we had a very short period of time. So, uh, you know, that was very disappointing. He could have done it and uh, send it back just for checking. Please check this and send it back to us, please. But he didn't want to do that. And uh, I think he got some very bad advice. I think he got and I think people understand that. But isn't it interesting where they said he had no choice and then they're trying to work on something so that he or another vice president could never do it. I said, why do you have to work on that if you had no choice, right? He ironic. had a choice. He could have done it. Let me. He could have uh, done it if he if he wanted to do it. He could have done it. It is so great to hear you, uh, your analysis, uh, and your, uh, if you will, positions on so many important policies and issues. To hear the strength and the intelligence uh, that you bring to every problem, every issue, every challenge, even every threat. Uh, I know this. Uh, I know this audience is thrilled. Uh, to have uh, been able to listen to you and to uh, enjoy your comments. I'm, I'm going to ask you, if you would, uh, we always give our guests the concluding thoughts. Uh, you always get the last word here. And whatever you can say to the folks who are so desperate uh, for leadership, and I think in particular, your leadership. Well, I want to thank you very much. And I'm just saying, as I'm answering these questions, and you know, you are an incredible guy and you have great wisdom, but you ask, these are not easy questions. And I'm saying, can you imagine Joe Biden doing this interview? You know, there's no cards, there's no script, there's no nothing. You And if you may ask a question, it may even be a friendly question, but it's oftentimes a complicated answer. And could you even imagine that? The answer is no, you can't imagine it. And it's very sad. Uh, our country has got to start moving or we're not going to have much of a country left. I used to say borders, but you need borders. You need elections. You need fair elections because uh, this is all every single one of these things from inflation. Lou, you can take inflation. You can take Ukraine, Russia. You can take uh, the things that are happened to our military and the way we the horrible way to surrender that we did. We didn't lose a soldier in 18 months in Afghanistan. I spoke to Abdul, the leader. We didn't lose one in 18 months, and here we lose 13 in one day, but many so horribly injured that nobody talks about. Leave $85 billion worth of equipment behind, and Americans behind. Uh, so many things are so bad. There's never been, and now we have supply chain shortages. Nobody ever even heard of that. That's a thing that nobody ever even heard of. So we have to do things, and we have to do them right. We have a very big election coming up. And the reason that's big is if we do well in the House, and we have a chance of doing the Senate too, but if we do well in the House, we can put a stop to the communism, socialism stuff that's coming out. Uh, I was very important what I did. I, I opened something called Truth Social, and it's hot as a pistol. It's great. I think it's better than Twitter. 
and Twitter with all its bots and its uh, its uh, fake accounts and all the other stuff. I think it's much better than Twitter, and I think it will be as time goes by. I hope your I hope your listeners and viewers will be able to go to Truth Social, but uh, it's great, great name, Truth. A great Absolutely. name that I was able to get that name. It's an incredible sort of a name. I said, check out that name. And they all said, well, sir, you'll never be able to get happen to be available. Who, who would have thought that was going to happen? But uh, Truth Social. So, you know, we have a, a voice because they took away our voice. We have a very dishonest media. We have a very, very dishonest media. It's it, probably the single biggest problem is that because they don't, talk about things that they used to talk about right. and a lot of bad things happen. With all of that being said, it's about making America great again. It's about America first. We have to put our country first. When you see the way we're treated, just you mentioned just during this very interesting and good interview and professional, which I re- I'd expect nothing else but that from you. But you mentioned uh, about the 40 million dollars that's being paid plus the money that's already been paid which is right. about 15 billion and then i say how much is europe being paid you have to check that because you'll see it's a tiny fraction right. so unfair it's so unfair let them put up money let them put up more than we're putting up because it's obviously for them it's you know it's much more vital uh you could take a pass on it from our standpoint if you want a lot of a lot of uh, humanitarian, bad humanitarian things happening. A lot of things are happening over there. So horrible. Nobody's ever seen it, including you. You look at it, and I know where you're coming from, but you look at it so horrible. But Europe should be putting up money along with us. They're not Absolutely. putting up almost anything, Lou. It's so unfair. So I just want to say, look, we have the potential of a great country. We had a great country. And now I say, you know, make America great again, again. But we made it great again, and uh, we're going to have to do it again some in somehow, some form. And we have the potential. I just hope that, you know, two years is a long time. It's two and a half years. But it's a lot better sounding than four years, Lou. When I used to say four years, I said, boy, that's a long time. Uh, we're two and a half years. We're sort of less than that because the campaign would start. But it's still a long time because tremendous destruction has been done to our country in a year and a half, like nobody can believe. But I think we have a, a, I think we're going to have a great future and I think we will indeed be able to make America great again. And I appreciate, uh, I love being on your show. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, we love having you here and, uh, we love the fact that you're going to make us all happy with your decision on when you <laughs> run. Uh, we, I think uh, you will be. We, and, uh, we miss you. It's that simple. Thank you, Lou. Thank you very much, Will. Congratulations on the success of your podcast. People are talking about it. It's a hot number, and I would expect nothing less from the great Lou Dobbs. Thank you, Mr. President. God bless you. And Thank God you. Bless God bless you. Thank America. you, Lou. Bye. Thank you. Again, my thanks to President Trump for joining us here today. I hope you enjoyed the interview, and thank you for being with us. God bless you, and God bless America.